What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing mixing and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Welcome back to another exclusive subscriber-only episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host for today, Braden from Flint Mastering, and joining me is himself. He is him. He is that guy. He is daddy DK. What's up, DK? What up, Braden? I'm <laughs> I am doing good. It's a great day today, uh, and you have a great clip. I like this guy. It sounds like this is a smaller channel. Nobody's really heard about. Not many people have heard about this guy um, and his channel. But um, you found this video. You found this quote. You found this clip, and I I like it. Let's talk about it. And I I have some thoughts about it. So let's get right into it. Cool, sweet. So this comes from a YouTube channel called Raytown Productions. Ray is in like. Ray Charles, Raytown Productions, and uh, he <laughs> he's got twelve thousand subscribers, which is you know no small number. That's a oh, lot. Oh, that's of people, that's a pretty big channel, actually. Well, relatively, yeah. And uh, he, I came across this video where he had you know I get suckered into these clickbait titles so easy, man. They get me. They really get me good. Uh, and his was three habits that you need to be a pro mix engineer. So we're going to listen to him talk about these three habits, and then we're going to get DK's take on it. So without further ado, Raytown Productions, roll the tape. Okay, so three habits that pro mixers have that make them pro. Number one, they use and they frequently update a mixing template. Now, this may sound silly to a lot of you, but guess what? A mixing template allows you to be consistent in your mixes. And that brings us to the second habit, which is that they mix quickly. Now don't associate quickly with lazy or not caring because they absolutely do care. What I mean by mixing quickly is that they'll identify a problem, make an adjustment, bypass that, verify that the problem is gone without affecting the other elements in the song, and then they move on. They don't sit there and try to tweak every little detail. They just hit the big problems and get moving. And why is that important, you might ask? What ends up happening if you don't fix the problem and move on is that you very quickly lose perspective of the song. You lose your gut instinct on what the vision should be like. Which brings me to the third and final habit that most professional mixing engineers have, which is that they often mix in context more so than in solo. 
Now, mixing in solo is important. It's a necessity on every single mix. I do it on every single track, but there's one key distinction. The purpose of mixing in solo is to solve any major flaws with that particular instrument track. That's it. It's not to design the sound of that instrument. It's not to get a tonal balance of the instrument. It's simply to fix any major problems. All right, DK. So in this clip, he gives us three things that I have heard you talk about at least one of them multiple times. So he tells us we need to use mix templates, we need to mix quickly, and we need to EQ in context more than in solo. And these are the three habits that a pro mix engineer has. So you're a pro mix engineer, DK. Let's start with number one, using mix templates. Do you do that? And do you recommend it for our listeners? Yeah, first off, um, big shout out to you for finding these clips. And um, I love how diverse they are on different topics as well as from different people. I'm glad that we're not listening to one person every single <laughs> clip. Um, thank you for taking the time to uh, look around and find these clips. Uh, yeah, I do. Th it's funny because I do think that there are many, many habits that pro mixers do use. These three included. Uh, I don't know about the order or if there's nothing else that other, you know, if there's other things mixers use. I think like other important things is like daily habit and routine of getting in the chair and having mixes to do is like another pro thing, but obviously that didn't make the list. The, the, the numbers are arbitrary, but these are three yes. very, very important things. Yeah. Number one, he, he mixing templates. It's, it's interesting. Every time I talk about templates or presets in any sort of uh, YouTube video or shorts, immediately I get a bunch of dislikes on the video um, oh. and the shorts. Yeah. I think people have this stigma where they believe people are buying presets and templates and doing that and being lazy and not changing anything when really all the template is doing is creating a workflow. Uh, I, he was correct. Uh, this guy, Ray, right? He's correct in one thing. Like he said, in order for these mix engineers to have consistent mixes, I don't know if my template has any sort. In fact, I think I can speak for all mixers and say the templates that we use have absolutely zero effect to the sound. Like, just foundationally, because I of my template, it does not change the sound at all. But what does change the sound is my ability to mix quickly because I already have workflow figured out, if that makes sense. So having a template... Two. Yeah, exactly. So having a template will help me mix faster and stay in the zone. And mixing faster and staying in the zone does dramatically make me, my mixes better. So the templates itself aren't more consistent because of the templates. But what the templates do makes me more consistent, if that makes sense. Yes. So I just want to clear that up. Yes, you should be using and updating constantly, consistently, your templates. And this is not just for mixing. This is also for recording. Um, for mastering, even producing, uh, for the idea of being efficient, becoming more efficient and customizing your workflow to help you stay in the zone. The point of templates is for you to get in that flow state and do your best work every single time. It's not to make, it is to make your job easier, but only from like a functional perspective rather than a sonic perspective. Okay, and, and at the same time, if you're using templates with EQs that already have curves in them, then you should probably take those off or at least put them back with no EQ changes on it. Like leave the EQ on, but like, because you might use it, but don't like take off any sort of preset EQ moves without even listening to the song or importing the, the session. 
um, the audio. All right, uh, number two is quick mixes. I talk about this all the time, and I challenge every listener from the podcast, even in the free content, the main content, um, how crucial it is for you to practice mixing faster. The reason why is, and and I'm repeating myself, I don't give a shit. We're going to talk about this again, (laughs) is everybody that's listening to this podcast, I I will put in money, I can bet that um, we listen to music and have the ability to determine what songs we think sound better and what songs we think sound worse and how that affects whether or not we like the song. Um which I think is different from what we prefer sonically to what we prefer creatively. I think those are different things. Um, But when we have the ability to determine what we like the sound of more, then why do our mixes still ending up not sounding like we want it to sound like? When When we obviously have the ability to discern what we like, right? It's because... It's because we either, one, lose inspiration of what the end goal is, of what that song could sound like or should sound like, so we lose that fleeting inspiration, or we don't know how to use our tools to get to where we want to go. It's one of those things. That's why you need to practice mixing and learn your tools. The tools don't make the man or whatever Lou says. The tools don't make a craftsperson, or, or I forgot what, he, what his saying is, um, but it is the tools that help you build that table, the tools that help you make that piece of art. Um, it's really important. So if you and you got to practice it like an instrument. Like if you can practice and play well, then um, it's going to help your playing to be more creative. Like if you've ever heard a jazzer say, it's like having a conversation. But like for anybody that plays an instrument poorly, you know that trying to play improvis- improvisational music is nothing like a conversation because you have no idea what the fuck is going on, right? Like it <laughs> yeah. takes a certain amount of skill to get to the point where you're like, at a certain point, jazz becomes a conversation between musicians. Like, and, yeah. and that's what mixing is too. Like you need to know your tools and how they sound and how it changes the audio m- well enough that you can can properly um, get to your ideal destination that you've discerned to be correct in your personal way. Um, and the, one of the best ways to do that is by mixing quickly. Mixing quickly. Um, I think one of the first and fastest killers of, of mixes is mix over mixing. I mean, if you, if you force yourself, either put yourself in constraints for training purposes and give yourself a time limit or just having that ability to have confidence in your own work and just move along quickly without getting stuck on different things, um, that's going to make you a significantly better mixer as you rely more on instincts. Number three, mix in context versus solo. I think it's important to mix in both, meaning um, uh, the point of a mixer is not to make individual tracks sound the best that they can. That is not the point of mixing at all. It's to make all of the tracks sound cohesive. So if you go in there and solo every single track and make them sound as clean as possible, and you go in, it's going to sound like shit, dog. Like, that's that's just what it's going to sound. It's going to sound like shit. You yeah. don't want to clean up every single instrument. You want them to play with each other well. You know, like the the playground is fun and hanging out with friends are fun is because you guys, everybody in the room is imperfect in different ways. Imagine everybody was perfect. That is the most boring fucking party and friendship <laughs> I've ever heard of. And you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have to play along with each other. Um, and in that sense, like the goal is to make things sound good 
together. And to do that, sometimes you need elements that does not sound good by itself, like naturally sound good by itself in order for mm. it to stand out or make or be present or whatever. Some things become overly bright when it's in solo or, or overly muddy when it's in solo, but all of a sudden in the mix in context, it sounds great. So I do both. Like I am mixing in context as well as solos. And I, I think that you should do the same. I think mixing in solo is more of a reference than it is something that you should be doing first thing. Absolutely. Well, and that's, I think that's one thing he talks about in the clip as well, as he says, like, EQing and mixing in solo is purely to deal with a problem. That's it. Like, if you hear a problem, you go in solo, you cut it out. And later in the clip, he talks, the video's a lot longer, I edited this clip for time, but he talks about, like, he's like, let's say there's a ringing in the snare drum. He's like, so you go in, you find the ringing in the snare drum, you cut it out, and then you put it back in the track, and he's like, you still hear the ringing. He's like, that's okay. It might just be part of the snare. It's like, at least you've reduced it. And he also says, or the ringing could be coming from somewhere else. You thought it was the snare drum, but it's something else in the mix. So That's happened to me before many times. He he like just talks about the importance of EQing in solo is to fix a problem you think you are hearing and then EQing everything else to get it all to mix and be cohesive like DK said is best done uh, all together with you know maybe like a group of tracks playing maybe it doesn't have to be the whole song playing at the same time but um, going back to number one I did want to say something about presets uh, I have also been like a hater of presets always I'm like oh presets are so dumb but actually, I've seen a lot of clips of professional engineers who say, yeah, whenever I'm dialing something in, I start with this preset, and then I go from there. And uh, like specifically Streaky, whenever he says he wants to control the low end on a master, he'll use the FabFilter multiband. There's a mastering section in there that says tighter lows, and he'll turn that on, and then he'll adjust from there for whatever it needs. And I saw uh, another clip. It, wow, it just sounds like I watch clips all day. <laughs> Uh, from Panorama Mastering, where he said, a lot of people like to shit on presets, or this is these aren't his exact words, but essentially what he said. A lot of people like to shit on presets, but he said, if you think about it, somebody at that company took the time to sit down and make these settings to what like the end goal they were trying to achieve was. So they're like, we want more bass. What's a setting we can use that will generally give us more bass or, or something like that? He's like, someone took the time to actually think about it. Like, it's not just some AI-generated algorithm that's like, oh, this will sound better. So he said they are a really good starting point. They're a great, oh, great point yeah. to jump off from. Again, so, the point of presets and templates should speed up your workflow. I, yeah, yes. I used... I use, in that sense, I use presets all the time. In fact, I cr most of my plugins have my own presets on them. Exactly. And you can save your own presets to save time. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah, I think that's everyone, a great everyone, point. Everyone likes to shit on presets from the company, but then everyone makes their own presets and uses them on every track. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just made by a different person, basically. So, and, and like DK said, the mix templates are really helpful. They don't make your mixing better, 
but they make you work faster, which helps, you know, like DK said, the creativity, the flow, everything go well, um, and it helps you mix quickly. So I actually use a template for mastering as well. Basically, it just, you know, I open Pro Tools, and it's got all of my metering plugins on the master bus, and then it's got the tracks set up the way I want them, whether it's reference tracks or rough mixes or things like that. So it's basically just like a track layout, but I also use uh, a mastering, quote, template. So don't be afraid of templates. They're a good thing. They're very helpful. Mix quickly. Uh, I think in one of the episodes I did while DK was in Japan, we took a listen to Chris Lord Algae saying the longer he mixes, the less he does. And I think that definitely applies to mixing quickly. And then, uh, yeah, EQ more in context than in solo. And you'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you have anything else for us, DK? Or are that's we good it. there? I, I right. think I've said all my thoughts. Perfect. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Links.dkmixes.com, dkmixes.com forward slash videos, and uh, Mixing Music Discord if you haven't already joined. As always, thank you for subscribing. We love you. We appreciate you. If you have any questions, anything else you want to ask, you can always DM me at Flint Mastering on Instagram. You can DM DK as well at DK Mixes. He gets like 9,000 DMs though, so I'm much more available to respond. Uh, and uh, if you want to come at me for my last take in the last episode about uh, the song Who Let the Dogs Out Sucking, feel free. Come at me on Instagram. We'll have a talk about it. <laughs> 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 and uh, we'll go, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. So DK, go ahead and sign us off. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Stay saucy.